how thankful we are for the scars that Christ left. I, I, that song came to mind when I was thinking about uh, Paul's struggle. Uh, when he talked about the things I don't want to do, I end up doing. And uh, he ends that statement or that conversation by saying, but I thank God for Jesus Christ. And it's interesting how sometimes in our struggles, we don't recognize where our help comes from. But may this be a great reminder. One of the stanzas in that song says, now I'm standing in confidence, knowing the strength of your faithfulness. And I'm not who I was before. No, I don't have to fear anymore. So I'm thankful for the scars because without them, I wouldn't know your heart. And I know they will always tell of who you are. So forever, I am thankful for the scars. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Cabin Devils. My name is David, and today I'm joined by once again dr john norris as we continue to talk about i think now is the complete anatomy of the entire human being starting off with the heart a few months ago then we talked about the mind we talked about the soul and today we are going to be talking about the flesh dr john i must confess that uh this whole week i've been thinking about the book of galatians uh, when he says uh um, when he talks about the flesh in the in the book of Galatians, I'm just hoping you'll get there uh, at some point. Uh, when he says, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who lived and who loved me and gave himself up uh, for me. I think that's Galatians 5.20, if I am not mistaken. But it's interesting in looking at that verse, the flesh he's talking about is actually the actual flesh that you can touch. He's not saying that he's living in sin when he talks about the life I live in the flesh. But it's interesting also that he says, I live this life by faith in God. This life by faith in God. Dr. John, you are welcome to Cabin Devils once again. How have you been, sir? Thank you, David. <laughs> so, yes, today has been a crazy day. Uh, as you know, um, we have a, a recent time change here in uh, the U.S., and uh, that made my day a little more interesting. So I, I had uh, patients scheduled, and we had a patient kind of on the table, and I looked and I thought, you know, I'm not going to make this. I'm scheduled for this uh, devotion uh, with you and your listeners. And so uh, we were trying frantically to get things done, and then uh, and I just – so I'm in the hospital with a patient kind of waiting, uh, and she'll be fine. But we're going to uh, to get this. Uh, it just is a good reminder of how we're limited by our humanity, and uh, we're trying to do the best that we can uh, in every uh, area of our lives. But because of the limitations of the flesh, uh, we can't always uh, do everything. Thank you. I, I I mean, I'm really, really flattered uh, in knowing that someone else had to wait uh, for you to attend to us. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm really hoping, Dr. John, to jump right into our topic today um, without necessarily beating around the bush. But let me let the listeners know that Dr. John Norris has been with us for a long time. He's, uh, he's, he's a Christian. He, he loves the Lord. Um, he's been a Christian for a long time. I think more than most of our ages put together uh, here on the, this podcast. One of the interesting things um, that Dr. John is known for is that he's a cardiologist and uh, he helps people with heart issues. And uh, that's how we had him on our first show uh, when it came to the understanding of the heart. And since then, we've been having him along uh this whole trail of trying to understand us as human beings. And so today we are talking about the flesh. But Dr. John, question for you, maybe two questions uh, before we get into today's message. I warned you and uh, I said that uh, be prepared to meet the needs of people that are struggling. Um, why? Because we want to be as honest as possible with ourselves. Um, and the poster today asks the question, does anyone ever win? 
does anyone ever win? Why? Because we seem to be going back and forth with this battle of the flesh. And I want to ask a personal question uh, here. Do you ever struggle at all? I mean, you are brilliant. You are a doctor. You are a lecturer at, at the Bible school. And everything seems perfect. And I'm asking this question because, not because you are looking for permission to do certain things and say, oh, Dr. John struggles with this. But we want to know that you know what we are going through. Um, for example, some of us who are married here, one weekend the marriage is working so perfectly and the next weekend we are back at it and and, and, and struggling and, and just going back and forth. And then for the singles here, one minute we are on top of of the world, we are on top of our walk with the Lord. And then the next week, we are back swimming in the mud, trying to find our way. And, and the question here that I'm asking Dr. John is simple. Do you, do you ever struggle in your walk? And if you can, without grossing us out, <laughs> do you care to share what are some of these things that you struggle with in your Christian walk for as long as you're living in the flesh? Dr. John. Uh, yes, thank you, David. I struggle every day. And uh, I think that's, uh, that's a normal experience. I think most Christian, um, you know, most Christians, the longer that they walk in their uh, faith, they realize that uh, struggle and success and struggle and failure um, is the norm. And, uh, and hopefully as we get through this week, uh, we'll, we'll see and understand that, um, you know, the, the Lord uh, who made us out of flesh and, uh, and then gives us this, uh, this wonderful, beautiful, uh, eternal spiritual life, uh, he understands that we're going to struggle. And, uh, and it's in the struggles that he expects us to, to recognize that we should turn to him and, uh, and, and get better, you know, connected. Uh, so yes, I, I most often struggle, uh, when it comes to, uh, just even a day like today where, where there doesn't seem to be enough hours in the day to get everything done. Uh, the technology that, you know, to try to connect from Clearwater where it's beautiful to, um, over there to, uh, Uganda, uh, where you guys are, uh, it's dark there. It's beautiful sunshine here. But it, but to make that connection and, and there's some frustration even in that. And um, just allowing, you know, to experience things, but then not to, to you know, we, we can't sometimes control everything. And I think the struggle, uh, what you mentioned in marriages and things like that, is that, you know, a marriage is, is a a, a partnership uh, between two people. It's a covenant of companionship. And both parties have to be, you know, fully committed and fully on board with uh, the Lord's plan or else that will struggle. And for both parties to stay, you know, um, every minute of every day connected that way is is very difficult. Uh, and, the, and it's difficult because of the flesh. What I'm going to do for our listeners is just give an overview. Uh, today, we're going to have three, three sessions on the flesh. Today, we're going to talk about um, the scriptures that relate to the word flesh or to try to understand the physical aspect of our being. And then what I want to do is to, um, Wednesday, talk about how disciplining uh, the flesh and disciplining ourselves uh, is necessary to win the battle in, in that regard. And then on Friday, uh, we'll talk about the aspects of the flesh where, where we actually can kind of see uh, progress and, and, uh, and, and even holiness, uh, which is really what God's design is. So if you look in the Old Testament, there's one word in the Old Testament for flesh, and that's the word basar, B-A-S-A-R, uh, and that's the same word that gets translated as body or flesh in the Old Testament. And it designates the corporeal or the physical substance of a living being 
or animal with an emphasis on the visual or graphic. So the flesh is what you look at and what you see. Uh, sometimes, you know, parts of the body like the bones uh, or the skin uh, are referenced in the Old Testament. But generally when this term is used, it's called a basar. And, uh, and the first time that it's used is in Genesis chapter 2, 21. It says, so the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, he took out one of his ribs and closed up the place with flesh. And that, of course, relates to how Eve was made when Adam, and it doesn't say that Adam was made of flesh. It just says that after Adam's rib was taken, that God closed up that place where the rib was taken with flesh. And then down in verse 23 of Genesis 2, it says, the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of men. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So early on in the Bible, in chapter 2, and we talked about how uh, when Adam was made in Genesis 2-7, how the Lord God formed Adam out of a physical substance, and that was the dust, and then also formed him out of uh, the breath of God. And that's how uh, Adam became, uh, came to be. But then uh, it says this, this flesh is, is not just characteristic of Adam, or characteristic of the of the uh, healing that God performed after His rib was uh, taken, but it's characteristic of the relationship between uh, a man and a woman, and so that's the idea of one flesh. Now, in addition, in the Old Testament, uh, the the term for uh, flesh basar can mean. Uh, just the skin, so the, the fleshy part of the body. Uh, and in Job 33, 21, uh, it says this, um, that Job's flesh was so wasted away that it could not be seen and his bones uh, were not seen and sticking out. And so the idea is that that aspect of you, the, the skin, which is the largest organ in the body, it covers your whole being, uh, that the skin... Uh, is actually uh, termed sometime flesh. Uh, secondly, the term flesh can be used for the whole person. So as in um, Proverbs uh, 14, verse 30, it says there, a tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. And so what this implies is that the whole person can be uh, used in this way as, as uh, the concept of uh, flesh. And then in fact, all mankind, uh, all the totality of humanity can be called uh, flesh. Whereas in Genesis 6, uh, 12 and 13, Noah says this, and God saw the earth and behold, it was corrupt, uh, corrupt for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, I've determined to make an end of all flesh for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. And then in Joel 2.28, it says, it shall come to pass that I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your son and your daughter shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. So you can see that, that in this way, all mankind is actually um, uh, referenced in this way, that all mankind is referenced as the, the flesh. Uh, now, uh, in Judges 2, family relationships can, can be uh, referenced as flesh. So if you say this is, um, I'm your flesh and bone, and that's what we get that idea from, that flesh and bone is that part of us which makes us the same as those relatives of ours who are also flesh and bone. So that, that our flesh and our brothers and sisters and cousins, all of their flesh is the same. And then when God considers man, his flesh or basar is what makes man mortal. 
So man's mortality, uh, and it's interesting in Genesis 6, chapter uh, 6, verse 3, it says this, The Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for man is flesh. His days shall be 120 years. And so that's one other idea that we have, uh, that our flesh has kind of this time sequence that it's um, uh, facing. And so on Wednesday, when I talk with you all uh, there in Uganda, um, we'll talk about how God has created us in, in a temporal sense to, to experience life in the physical, but at this, in this time and for this place. And then also, uh, in the Old Testament, it's alluded to, although the flesh in the Old Testament or the basar is not inherently sinful, it says in um, Psalm 78, 39, the flesh can make man sin. So in, in verse uh, 38 of Psalm 79, it says this, yet he being compassionate, atoned for their iniquity and did not destroy them. He restrained his anger often and did not stir up his wrath. And verse 39, it says, he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passes and comes not again. Now, the final thing that I do want to mention in the Old Testament before we move on to the New Testament terms is that when a human being even in the Old Testament, trusts in their own abilities, in their own strength, in their own flesh, then that's something too that, uh, that causes us to stumble. So in Jeremiah 17, 5, it says this, Thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. And so this, David, um, gives us kind of a real connection between the idea of the flesh when we turn into our own strengths and our heart, which is, is um, when our flesh turns away, that our heart turns away from God. And so I want to pause there before I go into the New Testament and just ask whether you or any of your listeners have any question about the flesh as we've defined it from the Old Testament word. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you have any questions, please go ahead and post them uh, in the chat. I would like to uh, maybe just take a minute, uh, Dr. John, and uh, go back to some uh, 78 that you just quoted uh, for us. From verse 37 says, their heart was not steadfast toward him. They were not faithful to his covenant. Yet he, being compassionate, that's where he began reading from in verse 38, uh, being compassionate, atoned for their iniquity and did not destroy them. He restrained his anger often and did not stir up all his wrath. And in verse 39 is where you brought up uh, the word uh, flesh. And uh, it just it just caused me to think about a couple of things. Uh, but mainly the aspect of time. When he says he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passes and comes not again. And of course, it's all picking this from uh, uh, Genesis when it talks about from dust you came, dust you will return. In talking about how our lives are but temporal. But is there a similarity between the flesh in reference to meat that the, the body, the physical body that is going to pass away and be no more, but also the fleshly desires that we have sometimes that are also temporal? I, I, I kind of thought about it the same way. Um, I'm not saying they're related, but do you think that there is a similarity between the two, the fact that both whether we're talking about the physical or the, I don't want to use the word metaphor, I don't even know what that is when he talks about the sinful desires, the fact that they're all passing away. Because when you live in the flesh, um, and by that I mean the sinful, the pursuit of sinful passions, you, you want to think sometimes that this feeling will stay with you, that whatever you want to get will stick with you. Like, like th this is the ultimate trophy. And we see that also with... Uh, 
with Eve, when the, when the serpent tempted her, she, she saw that it was beautiful. It, it was pleasing to the eye and, and good for food. And there's a sense in which you think the, the, this, this is it, this is it. And yet in a moment, you're going to regret your actions. What do you think, Dr. John? Mm-hmm. Yes, David, I think you're you're quite right and you're on to something there. I didn't read all of Psalm 78. If you look at who uh, the psalmist, who the writer is talking about in Psalm 78, it goes back to, to verse 21 where it says, Therefore, when the Lord heard he was full of wrath, a fire was kindled against Jacob, his anger rose against Israel. And so this this whole psalm was kind of written about Israel. And it says there in verse 37, where you picked up, their heart was not steadfast toward him. They were not faithful to his covenant, yet he being compassionate. And this is where, as we get into verses 38 and 39, it is specific. And I think talking about uh, Israel there. And yet what you mentioned, David, is, is I think true of all people of all time, is that we all have a tendency to um, kind of have our own desires. And, and those desires, when they kind of rule the day, when they, when they make us do things that we haven't thought through, uh, that that's where we get to uh, regret and, and um, you know, and, and serious difficulty and fracture in relationships and so forth. So I will get to all of that when we get to the, uh, to the terminology in the New Testament, because although in the Old Testament it doesn't, it, it doesn't even imply that the flesh is sinful. If you look in that Psalm 78, verse uh, 39, he says, he remembered that they were but flesh. And so, so the implication is that God was, was in some way kind of giving a pass, uh, even though these people, you know, forgot their covenant and walked away, uh, that, that God chose uh, to forgive and, and to pursue them. And just like he does with, with each of us. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, uh, I was just thinking about this whole topic and i i must confess that in designing the poster i did not see any hope um it doesn't mean there's no hope when we talk about the flesh it's interesting how we kind of get into this battle with slim chances of winning at least in our attitudes we don't think we can win let me read for you a couple of things here that uh, a friend of mine sent me when they shared that poster in their status whatsapp status and this is what some of the replies they got back from friends uh, without mentioning names he says one of the replies was in my opinion talking about total victory over the flesh would be a lie hey Talking about total victory in the flesh would be a lie. That was one response. The other person responds and says, we live in a fallen world. You can conquer only when you pass on. (laughs) That means when you go to heaven. It's only after death that you will find victory. That was the other person's thought. And they continue to say, one of the, one of, he says, so far, um, he says, also, it would be prideful for someone to think they have completely overcome the flesh and then the other person says if we're able to overcome then that means that then we wouldn't need god really if we can control ourselves hey the other person just sent a text also and says but because we know we are weak indeed that's why we need him for wisdom to lead us and counsel and i mean from just those simple few replies you can you can get a sense of ah, man we are wasting time. We are wasting time. And my question for you, Dr. John, is what 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 gets you excited about life that that at least you have a chance of victory in this life with the flesh? What is it? David, I, th- I hope you can hear me. That it seemed like things cut off uh, quickly. I think that your uh, listeners who who kind of logged in were were right on. Um, 
the uh, I agree with the frustration uh, that it that we have in in this uh, in this life. And so one of the things that that helps is when we look into the New Testament and we see the terminology in the New Testament. Uh, there are actually two words that we use to to describe the physical human. And, and the first is, uh, is the word soma. It's a Greek word uh, that in Greek culture, the word for body actually meant corpse. It meant dead, you know, tomb uh, that, that, it, that the spirit or the soul enlivened. Now, it's interesting that uh, when you look in the scriptures as to the use of that term body or soma, uh, that meant dead body almost always, except when it was applied to Jesus. And so one of the things that's interesting is he has a unique kind of flesh and it's Jesus's flesh that gets applied to us. And as we study this term and we study it as it applies to us, we'll see that it has to do with uh, uh, our human physical being, but also this nature that is sinful, that has a, um, you know, a bent towards sin, but that as we recognize that, that Jesus didn't have that, so he didn't struggle with that. In fact, I'm going to read you just a couple of, of uh, uh, verses here. I want to start in 1 Corinthians 6.15. Um, Paul writes this, he says, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who's joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it's written, the two will become one flesh. Uh, and then down in verse 19, he says this, do you not know that your body, that's the word soma, your corpse, is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body, in your soma. And then further on in that same letter in 1 Corinthians 15.35, Paul writes this. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? You foolish person, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And what you sow is not the body that is to be, but a bare kernel, perhaps of wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen and to each kind of seed its own body. For not all flesh is the same, but there's one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, and another for fish. And then this is very interesting. In 1 Corinthians 15, 50, Paul writes this. He says, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. So the question then becomes, if flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom of God, who can? And the answer to that is only the DNA of God. And so it's only when we die to our flesh, and I'll talk about that when I get into that other term that we, we use, the sarks, it's only when we die to our flesh and then our born again as Christ lives in and through us, that it's now the DNA of God that has perfected the flesh in us. So it's not that we're winning a victory somehow by our flesh over our flesh. It's that Jesus has won the victory in us already. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Thank you. Um, wow, that that First Corinthians uh, fifteen. It's it, it's a game changer. 
especially when it talks about uh, the fact that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And and your answer is, in using our common language, is only God's DNA will. And uh, for me, in my understanding of eschatology, it means all flesh definitely will be transformed in receiving a new body. Uh, but again, that is for those who are redeemed um, in Christ Jesus, uh, those who are his children. And of course, it brings in a couple of other questions in between that I'm not going to ask uh, for now. But again, it's interesting that what we find in Christ is a total transformation. And I think that's where sometimes, Dr. John, we, we, we get it wrong to think that we come to Christ um, and I'm, I'm not saying these things are wrong, but if we have these things only without Christ, definitely, um, we're only getting the tip of the iceberg. We don't come to Christ so we can attend church. We don't come to Christ so we can do our devotions and quiet time uh, in the morning. We don't come to Christ so we can pray. In Christ, we find a total transformation, total transformation. And uh, I think it's interesting that Christ does not come just to paint on top. No wonder he had a very difficult time with the Pharisees and the Sadducees when he called them, you whitewashed tombs, because their behavior was great, uh, but their hearts were not. And I think I see a very clear connection between all of that, that Christ transforms us uh, completely, not just uh, a little bit of paint on the top. And so it makes sense. Thank you. And thank you so much, Dr. John. Well, David, let me continue because uh, I see we've got about uh, 20 minutes left and I want to leave a little time for questions at the end. So we're going to get into the third term uh, that's a Greek term uh, for the flesh, and that's what's called the sarks. And I, and I alluded to that in 1 Corinthians 15.39 where it says, For not all flesh is the same, but there is one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, and another for fish. That's what Paul said in 1539. And you can remember in the Old Testament uh, and in the, in the time before Jesus, uh, flesh of different kinds of creatures, so birds and animals, uh, were substituted as a sacrifice for humans as an atonement for sin, or as at least a representative of the atonement for sin. So blood had to be uh, spilled. The, the life within an animal had to go uh, to, to make um, atonement. And, and so this is one of the interesting things. Uh, Paul addresses it, um, and, and I know we're, we, we are going to get back to Galatians, but I want to mention in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, verse 11, Paul says this. He says, For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus's sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. And so what, what Paul is talking about here is that there is a life in the flesh of Jesus that is our life. And, and, and Jesus wasn't quiet about this. He taught about his own flesh. And in fact, I'm going to stay in the Gospel of John. So if you have a, a Bible, turn to the Gospel of John and just take a quick peek there. In John chapter 1, verse 14, it says this, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we've seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. So it says that, that Jesus, and this, this alludes to the fact that though he lived um, physically on the earth in the first century, he preexisted that. And so he, he existed before he was born a baby in Bethlehem in about 4 B.C., and what's interesting is that even Jesus in his own teachings came to some of these things in, in difficult passages. So listen to what he said in John 6, 51. He says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my 
flesh. John 6.52 says, Then the Jews disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. So Jesus himself even made those statements. And then Paul amplifies that a little bit more in 2 Corinthians 5, 16, 21. Uh, he says this, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And this is the key last phrase. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So as I mentioned, David, this, this flesh exchange, which is what, what really is what Jesus is talking about, is that we have flesh that is sinful. He has flesh that is holy and righteous, and, and it's that exchange of his flesh for our flesh that gives us the righteousness, the DNA of God that is required. Wow, um, this this is interesting. It, it's all making sense. If if you are joined us from the beginning, we started all the way by defining the flesh, uh, starting from the Old Testament, and then we come and we realize there is sin involved, and we are coming to the end now, and we are realizing that He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we may become the righteousness of God. I want to pause here for a minute, ladies and gentlemen, and, and just invite anyone here who may not know Jesus Christ for salvation, that take this moment um, to understand. And of course, I, I really hope you will not react to this truth like how the Old Testament guys reacted when they heard Jesus' statements, when, when he invited them and says, truly I say to you, unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. The, the, the reaction was, was difficult for them. They couldn't understand why this man is inviting them. They, they thought about it literally. But this is Christ inviting us to find life in him, to find life in him. And so I'd like to take this minute just to invite you, if you do not, to, to just understand that he you, number one, that he was buried and that he rose again, that you do not have to remain in death. This flesh is passed away. And I think the last students, constant evidence for us that life is short. All it takes is two weeks max, sometimes 10 days for you to be gone. But let me tell you, and maybe encourage those of us who are here, maybe our lost loved ones, that the life we've lost in the flesh, that's Christ. That is not the end if we know Christ. But also, let me remind you that tomorrow is not promised. Tomorrow is not promised. He's promised us everlasting life, but tomorrow is not promised. And so if you have a relative who does not know Christ, they, you know they don't have they don't have Christ in them. At least tonight before you go to take a moment and pray for them. That's the best thing you could do for them. Just commit them to God in prayer.
commit them to God in prayer. And I'd like to take a moment here, maybe just to pray for those who may not know Christ. And if you have a name on your heart right now, just mention only one name, not, not two, just one name. It could be a David, it could be a Mike, it could be a Peter. Just put them in the chat right now and let's pray for them. Because the things they're talking about now are not just for mere discussion. This is the truth. This is the truth. And when God talks about us having everlasting life in him, that is the truth. And if we have it and other people don't, the truth is they will perish. They will perish. And I'll us to take a moment right now just to pray uh, for those people. Give me a name in the chat. Just give me a name in the chat and I would like to say a little prayer uh, for them before we can continue with our show tonight. Give me a name and let's pray together. Uh, all right, we do have Daniel. Any other name, someone we can pray for? We have Augustine. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Thank you so much, Isaiah. We have uh, Kwame. I hope I pronounced that well. Thank you so much, Chow. All right, we pray for David. <laughs> Florence, thank you so much. Um, I know that's a namesake. But any other names, any other names we can pray for? Martin, we can pray for Martin. Any other name, just mention them right there. George Chow, could you be able to call in and maybe you can just commit these names to God in prayer? Chow, if you can, please call in. Just tap the call in button. I'll be able to pick up on my end so we can just commit these people to God in prayer. Either Chow or Seth, if you're able to. Habo, if you're able to, the first one to do that. I don't know if you guys are prepared or in a place where you can be able to. But if you are, please just tap the call in button. I'd like you to take a moment right now and just pray. Uh, for in just two minutes, we have Provia and then we have Mugaga. Any other, any other names, please post them in the chat. This is Cabin Devils, where we come to just pray before we go. And the slogan says, Listen to a podcast before you go to bed, you can as well grow in your faith. No meat is wasted. People have invited to call in, unable to. Let's pray together, ladies and gentlemen. Father, in Jesus' name, we want to commit Daniel into your hands. Um, we want to pray that uh, the time he has, uh, this earth, the moment has, will be moments where he will think about his life when he dies. That uh, the gospel that he hears will come alive in him uh, because the gospel in itself has power. We want to commit Augustine as well into your hands and uh, we pray uh, the Lord, you provide men and women around him that will constantly remind him of the truth of your word. We pray for Kwame as well in Kenya. The Lord, you will just provide again men and women. Thank you so much that Chow is in his life right now. We pray for confidence uh, for Chow and many other family members who may know the Lord. We just pray for confidence. We, we pray for a good lifestyle, that you'll see examples, you'll see good men, good actions, and praise you who is in heaven. Lord, for David, wherever he is, we pray that, Lord, he too uh, will be able to believe you uh, for salvation. We remember Martin as well, um, that wherever he is, the Lord, if he has a copy of your word, just cause an urge in him to open it and, and see the truth of your word because we know this gospel is almost on every page, on every page of your word. We pray for George, uh, Heavenly Father, and just commit him to you as well, um, that uh, you, will, you will constantly remind him of your truth. Um, if he's not had the gospel, may you give him an opportunity to hear but that which he has had, Lord, we know that one plants, another waters. Lord, we pray that you'll cause the growth in George's life. We commit Mugaga uh, into your hands as well. And uh, we want to pray the Lord, whatever is distracting him, maybe the pleasures of this of this world, maybe the riches of this world, the Lord, you just give him perspective to know that these things come and go. But life is only and only in your son, Christ. We commit Provia into your hand, Clinton. Lord, we pray uh, the Lord, you continue to just shower them with more and more opportunities uh, to hear your word, more and more opportunities to uh, just wrestle with these things. And we pray that you will give them a heart of flesh, one that accepts the truth of your word. We thank you and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. John, for uh, being able to just take us through all these things and helping us understand that this life, number one, is temporal. 
But number two, we have hope. We have hope, and this hope is in Christ Jesus. This hope is in Christ Jesus. But Dr. P- Dr. John, as we come to the end of our time here, um, do you have any other thoughts uh, of encouragement to us uh, that, yes, we are saved already, we are still in this flesh, and know we are being saved, and that is called sanctification, and someday we will be saved from the presence of sin. But any other words of encouragement to us uh, who are listening in and are already saved um, in, on how to just... Come and I know this things are going to come up today on Friday. But any final words for us, uh, Doctor John? Yes, David. I thank you so much, and I and I join in the prayers. I I tried to put a name in, so so add Sandy when you pray. Continue to pray. There's a there's a fellow here uh, whose name is Sandy that I've been praying in, and I I couldn't get my email uh, uh, name in, but um, I I. I just think, uh, you know, we're scratching the surface here. One of the key things, and I want your listeners to spend a little time between now and Wednesday uh, when we do our uh, next uh, our next uh, podcast, and I'd like them to, to look at Romans 8, uh, verses 1 uh, down to 13. And I'll just read verse uh, 8, where it says, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And then verse 13, where it says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And so what, what Paul is, there, there, there's a way that he's talking about what we've uh, studied today. And, and the implication is that there's uh, something that we can do. There's, there's uh, effort counts. Uh, and of course, you know, we know that effort doesn't count for our salvation and that sort of thing. Uh, but this is one of these um, times where we're going to talk about uh, spiritual formation. Uh, the old terminology was discipleship. We're going to talk about that on uh, Wednesday. And that is how can we, recognizing the um, the, the problems associated with the flesh, how can we discipline ourselves and and learn to live in such a way that we have uh, a greater consistency and a greater uh, uh, way that we can actually uh, image uh, God and that we can be salt and light uh, like Jesus uh, said that we were. And so that's something that I'm looking forward to Wednesday. I'm sorry again for the the technical issues that I had at the front side. I will be at home uh, then, but I'm going to run back to my uh, patient now here at Morden Plant. So uh, it's great to to talk with you, and I look forward to to being with you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. John. If you can, please give Dr. John a hand clap in appreciation, uh, whatever way you can be able to do that using an emoji or just typing the word clap. But I'm, I'm, I'm really glad uh, that we had him on our show today. Dr. John, we're waiting for you this coming Wednesday. And of course, we did begin uh, this show with a lot of, uh, not doubt, but discouragement, maybe dampened uh, spirits in knowing or in thinking we cannot win. But it's exciting in looking at Romans uh, chapter 8, when you asked us to read it, um, it's interesting how Wednesday is going to go. And I, I want to re-echo those words that you just read for us. Says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit, you will live. Uh, sorry, if by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Then verse 14, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And then verse 15, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And it's interesting how there's so much hope. Yes, in as much as there's some truth to the fact that we do go through our Christian work, but the other truth is we overcome. And let me remind you, that there are sins that you have struggled with, but today they are no longer a struggle. And I want to use a very simple sin to make 
just to make a point, to an illustration. I have a friend who keeps referring to it. And he said, when they were a child, they struggled with stealing sugar. Today, they don't. And I know they are stealing sugar sins in our lives that today we look back and say that I overcame. And so there is hope in knowing that we can overcome because there is evidence that we've been able to overcome in the past. Thank you so much, Dr. John. It's great to have you on our show. Ladies and gentlemen, we are coming to the end of our show tonight. And let me remind you to check out cabindevolts.com and please give us your email address. Subscribe on that website so that you can be able to get updates of what is going on. So much happens at Cabin Devolts. We are more than a podcast. We are your number one live podcast. But there's great stuff that we are building and we are going to need your email address to be able to give you all these services. One of the things we are thinking about, by the way, not yet finished, but we're thinking about is small groups. We want to do awesome small groups online that are going to turn into physical. And when they turn into physical small groups, they're going to be small. And these are going to be discipleship groups that will enjoy life together. This past weekend, as the team with Cabin Devils, we had our breakfast at Cafe Java's in Kampala, and we're dreaming about the future of Cabin Devils. Let me say that the future is bright. Future is bright, and you want to be a part of it. So give us your email address on cabindevils.com. Just simply go there and subscribe to receive updates of what will be happening. But before you go, please go ahead and follow Cabin Devils on this particular app on the Podbean so that when you post other episodes, they'll come directly to you. Otherwise, guys, have a good night and hope to see you again on Wednesday. Thank you so much for being here, Hubbard. Thank you so much, Kato. Seth, it's great to have you. Florence, Lindsay, Nobat, thank you so much, guys, for your participation. Samuel, great to have you. Ciao from Kenya. It's been great having you today. Peterson, again, from Kenya. Not sure if you're in Mombasa or Kabete, but thank you. Thank you so much for uh, being here. Let me see who else we have. We have Theo P. Stark. We have Dunamis Sentamu was also here with us. Faith uh, was here with us. Thank you, guys. Isaiah Kutesa, it's always great to uh, see you, uh, not only in person, but also here on Cabin Divorce. Guys, thank you. Thank you so much. Let me allow you guys to go to sleep. Have a good night, and we'll see you again on Wednesday. May God bless you. If you're going to listen to a podcast before you go to bed, before you go to bed, you can as well grow in your faith. Cabin Devils. Cabin Devils. Your number one live podcast. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 9 p.m. East African time.